Hello, and welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author and film critic for the film review website, quipster.net. You can find my written reviews at that site, over 3,600 of them. I've been doing them for nearly 20 years now, since 1996, basically. And you can find all of those at my website, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today's film is going to be the latest in the Pixar Animated Studios releases, Inside Out. I I guess I should say it's Disney Pixar these days. It's an animated feature, as with all of the other Pixar films. It's a comedy family film, and it is rated PG for mild thematic elements and some action. It runs 94 minutes, and um, that's for the main feature. For those of you who go to every Pixar film, you'll know that before their main feature, they have a short animated feature film as well. And in this case, it's a short film called Lava, which is about a lovelorn volcano. It's a, it's a kind of a, uh, uh, musical interlude in which a volcano is searching and waiting and hoping for, to find a love of its own, another volcano to fall in love with and be an item with. So, um, whether he does or doesn't, I won't spoil it, but, um, but I'm sure that most people will think it's cute. It may not be the best Pixar animated, uh, short, but, uh, I thought it was fine. As far as Inside Out goes, uh, the vocal talent that is attached is Amy Poehler, Phyllis Smith, Bill Hader, Louis Black, Caitlin Diaz, Richard Kind, Mindy Kaling, Diane Lane, and Colin McLaughlin, McLaughlin. And, of course, John Ratzenberger contributes with a small role, as well as he has with every Pixar animated feature thus far. The directors are, uh, co-directors, I should say, Pete Docter and Ronnie Del Carmen. And Pete Docter also contributes to the screenplay, along with Meg LaFave and Josh Cooley. Now, I'm a Pixar fan, and I have been since uh, A Bug's Life, I suppose. And um, as with many other Pixar fans, we've been pretty loyal, even when they've done some superfluous and underwhelming sequels. And we've been anxiously awaiting for a while now, for at least five years, our favorite animation studio to go back to the kind of ingenious and very original films that have taken the family animation genre into areas that none have gone before. I would say with Inside Out, this shows that there's still a lot of creative fuel left in the tank for Pixar. And given that Pete Docter is at the helm, and this is the director that brought us such films as Monsters, Inc. and Up. I would say that we're in some very capable hands. It's not their best film, but after the last three films uh, that Pixar has released, Cars 2, Brave, and Monsters University, the sequel to Monsters, Inc., I think that we can breathe a sigh of relief that they haven't succumbed to being just another Disney money printing operation, at least not at this point. It's also one of those movies that I think can be enjoyed not just by kids or families with kids, but I think adults can also go by themselves and be thoroughly as entertained as the children. And I know that I did uh, enjoy it quite a bit. And also um, other people in in the screening that I went to, you know, there were couples and there were groups of friends and some solo adults as well who left the theater feeling just as entertained as everybody else. And I think that the reason is that there is a certain complexity to the film that you can read into it. Now, this is a simplification of a very intricate and analytical subject, which are human emotions and memories. But I think that Pixar does a really good job at translating 
some fairly complex themes into a color-coded cartoon form and does it in a way that's neither too abstract to follow nor too dumbed down to be revelatory for those mature viewers. This the, the entire film is, is one very imaginative metaphor for our own human psychology, especially in how all of our internal feelings have to work in unison to make us feel whole. And also how even the more negative emotions that we feel are actually there to steer us toward a more rewarding and fulfilled life. Now, the basic premise of Inside Out and the, the main character that we're supposed to follow is the, is uh, a young girl in Minnesota named Riley. We get her emotional inner workings through the personification of her feelings. So Riley is the, the child that is in so-called real life, but in her mind is the feelings that she has developed over her lifetime up to that point. There's Joy, who's voiced by Amy Poehler. There's Sadness, who's voiced by Phyllis Smith. There's Fear, voiced by Bill Hader. Disgust, who's Mindy Kaling. And Louis Black voices Anger. All of them uh, coordinate to navigate Riley through life in about as safe and secure a way as is possible. And they also look out for her as if from the control tower of her mind's eye, kind of like a battle station almost. Uh, and they navigate her through through the many stages of life. Now that Riley is 11 years old, she's entered this particularly tricky stage in her development. She's just on the cusp of maturing into a teenager when the simplicity and imagination of her young childhood no longer interest her. She begins to deal with some pretty new emotions, some some raw feelings, some hopes, some fears, and some struggles with her own identity. Riley's confusion is further exacerbated by a career opportunity for her father that results in the family uprooting from the only place Riley has ever known, Minnesota, a small town there, and they are now going to the big city of San Francisco in California, where she doesn't have any of her friends there, and there's no creature comforts, none of her favorite activities, there's no uh, ice hockey that she loves to play outside. As much as Joy... And by joy, I mean the personification of joy, that's voiced by Amy Poehler, is trying to keep Riley content. The disappointment of her new home, the awkwardness of just being a stranger in school, and this unfamiliar city around her leads Riley to feel very out of sorts emotionally. And this gives way to many of her cherished memories, turning from ones of happiness now into ones of this cherished life that she sorely misses, that part of her childhood that seems to have been left behind forever. Those feelings that have gone from joy to sadness is actually taking place in her mind because sadness, the embodiment of it anyway, by Phyllis Smith, uh, vocally anyway, is beginning to take control of this machine that that uh, is navigating Riley and is turning the embodiment of her, her, her memories, these uh, very these bowling ball-shaped orbs of, of color that are denoted by whether they're a joyous emotion or a sad emotion or an angry emotion or a fearful emotion, etc. And it leads Joy to try to tra- take drastic action to curb the tendency of sadness to infect this balance of things, turning Joy into sadness. However, in the desperation of joy, both she and sadness get inadvertently ousted from this command center and out into the crazy world, these mysterious nether regions of of Riley's mind. While they're out there, they encounter a series of obstacles 
and uh, and they begin their long and very arduous trek back to the control center. But while they're out there, that also leaves fear and disgust and anger as the only emotions that Riley can now feel during this very delicate and very confusing time in her life. While these happy memories of her youth are starting to be to begin to fade into oblivion. Now that is a very long. What I've just given you, anyway, is a very long plot synopsis, and that just shows how kind of complex this film is to try to discuss. And it's also one in which you can discuss. We can just discuss it as adults, and so that I think that makes it a very enriching experience. And meanwhile, the 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 characters are also very uh, they're, they're they're drawn in a very cartoonish way, and they're very cute and comical. I think that this there's an initial fear. Uh, you know, you you imagine, I guess, that an ambitious and somewhat sophisticated movie like this one about things that probably aren't readily understood by children that are younger than Riley is in this film, you might think that Inside Out might be too smart for its own good and lose that broad appeal that has characterized the most lucrative of Pixar films. You know, films like Finding Nemo and the Toy Story series. Those movies that play to a much younger audience might be a little bit lost here. Certainly, I think that there's a lack of broad brushstrokes that will mean that some audiences won't find it as fun or as funny as some of their other projects. But uh, and, and it's really a story that doesn't lend itself to enjoying just on its own terms without this translation of the metaphors into meaning. I think that it's a much richer experience if you can understand what's going on behind the, the characters. But I think that also this gives Inside Out a uniquely intellectual bent that for those who are in tune with the unique wavelength that is employed here, it's going to reap great rewards for being interesting and smart and daring and astute in a manner that most other animated fare that is delivered on this wider release scale are too timid to undertake. Now, I don't think that young kids will dislike it because it's too heady nonetheless, the characterizations are pretty simple and, well, at least as simple as can be without losing the, the more resonant nature of the overall work. Certainly, I think that this is a movie that can be enjoyed just for basic interactions, both comedic and dramatic, of these various characters. All of them are who are pretty cute and amusing and affecting and well-designed. Uh, one of the things I love about the movie is that uh, despite joy being the sole positive emotion, I, and and she, you would think that she'd be in direct opposition with the goals of sadness. One of the things that I enjoyed is that they, all, these five emotions that we get, these five very basic emotions, they're set up as a team instead of as adversaries. All of these emotions are assisting each other in trying to make joy the predominant emotion in Riley's life, but they also know they that they all have a role to play into uh, guiding Riley toward uh, toward that that happiness that she should feel. You know, obviously, fear keeps her from doing things that that might be might be injurious to her. For for instance, and disgust from eating things that she probably shouldn't eat and things like that. So, as you can see, you know, they all have their place. Now, this metaphor does become especially important because it does explain, uh, to some extent, maturity. This this to age in which the shelter of one's childhood becomes uh, a realization that one's life can't always be fun and games and that eventually 
we all as humans have to learn how to deal with balancing all of these various emotions to try to achieve a state of contentment. Inside Out is not a coming-of-age story so much as, uh, I, I guess, the coming of coming-of-age. That time when we begin to realize that life is a little more complicated than we realized as we were playing as children. I think it's about the sadness that, uh, above just growing up, it's about the sadness that parents experience seeing those silly and innocent children that we love unconditionally grow into their next phase. We know that they're never going to return to that state, that that silly, happy, joyous, playful state that they once had when they were young toddlers or, 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 you know, elementary school age kids. I think that the makers of this movie uh, have that in mind too because they, they have actually put a dedication on Inside Out to their own children and they implore them that they never grow up, ever. And that should tell you where the hearts and minds of the makers of this movie lie. Pete Doctor, he, uh, the co-writer and co-director, he claims that the inspiration for Inside Out came from seeing his own daughter go through some of these same tumultuous emotional times. And it, he also mixes it with his own experiences, his own reminiscences, because he grew, he was born and grew up in Minnesota, and he eventually left in order to work for Pixar in his early 20s in Emeryville, which is a town just outside of San Francisco in California. So uh, it, it's a mix of some of his own personal experiences and his feelings and his of of his own maturity and also that of his daughter. I would say that Inside Out is a brilliantly witty, often bittersweet take on those key formative years in which a child starts his or her turn toward becoming a teenager. These all-important tween years where the things that kept us feeling happy and secure don't hold as much sway, and that leads to this shakeup of emotions and results in some sort of imbalance I think many parents see this in their children, that where they become, uh, sometimes they can, be, can become rebellious, uh, despondent, uh, and averse to those things that they used to be. Those, you know, a, a, just as Riley does in this film, anger and fear and disgust can sometimes dominate kids in this phase. I think that Inside Out is certainly clever. It's thematically rich and I, I think not, but not too much so that it loses all of its audience. I think that there's more than enough adorable, funny moments to ver- make this a very worthwhile experience for mature viewers and for those who are young alike. And certainly as kids who maybe are, are a little too young to fully grasp what's going on in the film as they grow older and they revisit this time and again, I think they'll, they'll get more and more out of it. I think that if I could sum this up, I think even through the sad parts of the film, and there are a few, and uh, I, I am a, you know, I, it's very hard to make me cry during a film, but there are a couple of moments in this film that kind of got to me a little bit. Not enough to be a full blown cry, you know. I don't, I didn't need a hanky, but I, I got a little misty eyed at a couple of moments. So even through these sad parts, I think it's like Amy Poehler's character. It's a joy in the end. I would give this <laughs> a yellow orb. It's a joy to behold. Um, for those of you who do watch this movie, uh, when the when the end credits do emerge, I would say stay in your seat because there is an additional sequence, and I think it's perhaps the funniest of the movie that happens during the early end credits. 
So stick around. It's definitely worth your while. And for those who are absolute completists, there is also an additional stinger at the very, very end of the credits as well. So stay in your seat uh, because it's worth it. I'm going to give Inside Out four stars. This is my second four-star review so far in 2015. The other film just recently came out, and it may play in your town as well, called Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. That one's in more limited release, so you probably have to live in a metropolitan area or at least uh, a place where there is an art house cinema or one that plays indie films at the very least. So if you see Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, that one's a little bit for, you know, they're both about growing up in a way, and it's they're both about teenagers although riley here is 11 years old not quite a teenager but they make a kind of an interesting companion piece but both are very clever in their own fashion but obviously inside out is much more of the crowd pleaser and will have more broad universal appeal than me and earl and the dying girl which i think that some people may find a bit cloying sometimes or a little bit overbearing but i happen to like both films a great deal and i think that they're both very made by filmmakers who are obviously very adept at what they do so four stars for me and that means it's excellent and one I would rec- if you have even an inkling that you might enjoy this film I would say go out and see it it's probably worth the risk even if you don't always go see animated fair even if you don't have kids it I trust me you'll probably enjoy this film I hope that you enjoyed the podcast if you happen to be on iTunes and you do enjoy the podcast feel free to leave me a five star review you don't you don't even have to write anything down you can just click five stars That will greatly help me find the audience that I'm looking for for this show um, and continue to do the show. Also, if you happen to uh, use Twitter, you can find me at Quipster. If you're on Facebook, like my webpage. It's facebook.com slash quipster.net. You can also write to me directly if you have anything that you want to say, have any suggestions, or just to say hello. Quipster at gmail.com. And also click the subscribe button if you haven't done so already because I do record new uh, film reviews for this podcast uh, every I would say it's semi-daily See, sometimes I'll record one a day for a whole string of days and sometimes you know there may be two or three days in between but I, I do get several a week out so click the subscribe button and you might also want to adjust your podcast downloads to download daily at least for this podcast because I will do so uh, so uh, every day you should have, a, uh, or every day or two you'll have a new podcast to listen to of about 15 to 25 minutes, just as this one. I would like to thank you for listening, and I do hope that you go see this and enjoy it, because I certainly did. 